know, we walked into a war zone yesterday. We walked into a war zone. We walked into a place that had been destroyed by a storm. And it was wild to see what was going on there. It was wild to see. You can see the destruction of that government building there in the background, and you can see where people are living right in front of them. We walked into a war zone. We walked into a disaster. You know what else we walked into yesterday? A movement of the Holy Spirit, the likes of which I haven't seen in a long time. Somebody say amen. It was a crazy thing that happened there a couple of weeks ago. And isn't it wild how everybody's forgot about it now? Isn't it wild how it only takes one thing to take our mind off of an incredible tragedy? And yet that's what happened. And, I, and I'm not minimalizing what's going on in the world. All I'm saying is that those people still needed help. I'm saying that those, still, those people were not any less homeless. They were not any less stricken by tragedy because of what else was going around in the world. We walked into a war zone, but we also walked into an incredible, incredible blessing. You know, the, the building there beside that bridge was utterly and completely annihilated. And people that had no place else to go took refuge underneath the Jefferson Street Bridge. There were two reasons why they took refuge under that bridge. You may have heard me say it yesterday, but it bears repeating. They took refuge under that bridge, number one, because it was the most solid structure that they could get access to at the time. But the other reason that they took refuge underneath that bridge is because that is their church. Can you say amen? And in times of trouble, and when the storms are brewing, and when death seems like it's right on your heels, there is no better place to go than where Jesus is. Could somebody say amen? And so that's what they did. They came running to where they knew Jesus was. They came running to where they had experienced and encountered the power of the Holy Spirit before. And guess what? A few people People got hurt, but nobody that was hiding under that bridge lost their life. Can you say amen? amen? If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning, we're in the book of Matthew in chapter 14, starting in verse 22. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Version of the Bible immediately. <laughs> My brother has that highlighted every place he sees it in the, in the word of God. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. See, Jesus needed a minute. Y'all ever need a minute? I've needed a minute over this past little bit of my life like I've never needed a minute before. Jesus needed a minute. If you ever try to make disciples, you're going to need a minute too because it's hard. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from the land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. And Jesus came towards them walking on the sea very early in the morning. It was still dark outside. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in, come on. Immediately, <laughs> immediately Jesus spoke to them. They cried out in fear, and immediately Jesus spoke to them. And he said, have courage, it is, it is, it is, and don't be afraid. And that's what he's speaking to you today. 
Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him. Always the one to say something, man. Come on. Lord, if it's you, command me. Now, see, that's different, though. Lord, if it's you, command me. Now, that's powerful words right there. Lord, if it's you, command me. We need more of that in our life, don't we? Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, he said, he said, and climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was, golly, and beginning to sink, he cried out. I said he cried out. Immediately, uh, Jesus reached out his hand and caught hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him and said, truly you are the... Lord, we receive you as the Son of God today. We receive you as the Messiah today. We cry out to you, Jesus, save us. And we cry out, Jesus, command us. Command us, Lord. Command us, and we will do your will. Command us, and we will be your agents here on the earth. Command us, and we'll walk through the storm. Command us, and we will go where you tell us to go. Do what you would have us to do, and be what you would have us to be. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen and amen. Give him a shout of praise, man. Come on. And you may be seated. <laughs> you know what the first thing is that's funny about this scripture? He's still got that boat. He never did give it back. And then now all this, some of y'all didn't hear my sermon on that, but anyway, Jesus asked Peter if he could borrow his boat, and Peter was like, yeah, sure, and he thought he was going to have it for a few minutes, and Jesus has still got that dang boat. I love you, Lord, but you're not good at giving things back. I, I just want to say that. But the thing is, is that he can do a lot better with it than we ever could anyway, amen? And so I'm sure Peter is glad for him to have that boat, but he still got it. But he don't ask anymore. He, he says immediately, he told them, y'all get in the boat and go across the water. He didn't say, could y'all please get in the boat and go across the water? No, no, no. He said, get in the boat and get over there. I need a minute. <laughs> I'm going to go pray. Y'all go that way. And that's what they did. They, they got in the boat and they went across the water and Jesus went up on the hill to pray. And y'all have heard me preach that sermon before. Maybe I'll preach it again, but that's not my focus today. But, but I do want to talk about this. You know, some people say that following Christ is easy. You know, some people want to make it easy to follow God. Man, following God ain't easy. The safest place you can be is in the will of God. Now, nah, man, come on, dude. What about when he sends you into the storm? What about when he sends you into the storm? He sent them into the storm. He sent them walking into the storm, just like he sent us walking into that destruction yesterday. He sent them walking into the storm. What about when he sends you walking into the storm? Are you still going to go then? Can he still use your boat then if he's going to tell you to get in the boat that you decided to loan him and sail it right into the midst of the storm? Are you still going to go then? Is that easy? No, but it's worth it because see, there's purpose. See, Jesus never does anything by accident. See, when our Lord does something, it has meaning behind it. When he told them to get in the boat because there was something to be done in the boat, he told them to sail into the storm because there was something that needed to happen in the midst of that storm. We're walking into some chaos today, church, but guess what? It's because there's purpose in the storm. There's something that we need to do while we're in the midst of all this chaos. We have a job to do. We have a purpose to fulfill, and that's what we're going to do, by God. Somebody give him praise this morning. Come on. That's what we're going to do. There's purpose in the storm. There's purpose out there. And, and so the disciples row the boat out into the storm, and Jesus is on the mountain praying. 
And they're out there in the midst of all this chaos and all this struggle. And they're going about it the best they can, trying to get to the other side. They never did vary from the course that Jesus had set them on. The most beautiful thing about this, though, is that he can see them the whole time. You know, I've told y'all that, you know, me and Angela went to that spot that they're talking about, man. And, and, and he could see them. He was up on the mountain praying, but they never left his sight. And so even when he sends you into the storm, even when you're in the midst of the chaos of this life, man, he never takes his eyes off of you. Man, he's watching you the whole time. Man, he sees where you're at. He knows your struggle. He knows your struggle. And he can watch it, man. And he sees it going. And when the time was right, he got up. He said, Amen. He walked down the side of that hill and he got to the side of the lake shore and he just kept on walking. Because I'll tell you what, he ain't forgot about you. So like I said last week, he just on the way. He's just on the way. And so when the time was right, he came walking to them in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the waves, in the midst of all the chaos that was going around in the world, but it probably didn't look like the casual stroll that they try to present it as. I mean, what was going on in that lake out there? Wind and waves and storm. It probably looked more like he was dancing on those waves than it did like he was walking out there. It looked like he was surfing with his bare feet up this wave and down that one, man. My Jesus knows how to have a good time. I don't know about y'all's Jesus. And he's walking out there on the water and he's coming to the disciples and all of a sudden they're screaming, oh no, it's a ghost. It's something that's come to destroy us. And Jesus says, no, don't be afraid. It is, and see, that's all he had to say. It is I. See, it's the same I am that was in the burning bush. It's the same I am that split the Red Sea. He's the same I am that brought down the walls of Jericho. He's the same I am that's the bread of life. He's the same I am that's the resurrection and the life. He's the same I am that's the way and the truth and the life. It's the same way, same I am that's the gate to heaven. It's the same I am that's going to come back one day and fix all this garbage and make everything new and call us all into his glory and set us free from all this nonsense. The same I am. And he's standing out there on the water. Standing out there on the water. And Peter says, Lord... If it's you, if it's you, tell me, command me. If it's you, command me. Opening himself up, man. How many times in your life have you prayed, Jesus, command me? Jesus, command me. If it's you, command me and, and, and tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says one word, come. And Peter steps himself out of that boat. And Peter stands on the And then Peter goes walking out towards Jesus on the... Some don't sit right with that for me. I mean, I know the Bible says he walked on the water, and I know that he did. I know that's what everybody saw. I mean, he did. He walked on the water. But you can't stand on water. You stand on water, you go right to the bottom. You can't stand on water. You, can, you, can, you, can't, you can't stand. You can't walk on water. You can't walk on water. I, I don't think he was standing on water. I don't think he was walking. I don't think he was walking on water. Yeah, some people are going to be like, Pastor Paul said Peter really didn't walk on water. <laughs> no, I know that's what we saw. The Bible says that he did it, so he did it. But I think we need to look deeper than that. And I don't think that that's what the Word of God is implying here, that he was walking on water. I think that's a symptom in the natural of what was actually happening in the spiritual. See, I don't think that he was standing on water because you can't stand on water. You know what else you can't stand on? You can't stand on the stuff of this world. 
You can't stand on your feelings. You can't stand on your knowledge. You can't stand on your relationships. You can't stand on the government. You can't stand on anything that this world presents to you. But do you know what you can stand on? You know what you can stand on? No matter what happens in this world, no matter what circumstance or situation that you find yourself in, you can stand on the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? And so I present to you today that Peter wasn't standing on water, that Peter was standing on the Word of God. And I don't care what kind of waves or storms come your way, you can always stand on the Word of God, and it will never fail you, and it will never abandon you, and it will never cause you to sink. As long as you stand on the Word of God, you're on a firm foundation. Somebody say amen. And he wasn't walking on water, man. He was walking on the Word of God. He was walking on the Word of God, and it only took one. It only took one. Jesus said, come. And Peter was able to walk on that word. And the water didn't stop him from walking. He was walking on that one word. He said, Jesus commands me. And Jesus spoke a word over him. And after Jesus spoke that word over him, the things of the natural world had no control over him. And so he was able to walk on the water because the water couldn't cause him to sink because he was standing on the word of God. He was standing on the Word of God. He was walking on the Word of God. And man, it only took how many? How many? How many words has Jesus spoken over you? How far can you go on what Jesus has spoken over your life? You can stand on the Word of God right here and right now. And sometimes, what's up, little buddy? How you doing, man? You are the cutest little feller. <laughs> yeah, he's walking on the Word of God. Come on, somebody give God praise for that, man. Come on. Yeah, that was funny. This ain't going to be. He was walking on the Word of God. Yeah, maybe this part will be. You know, I was teaching this in the kids' class on Tuesday night while they were having women's ministry in here. And then some of the kids was asking me, well, Pastor Paul, if my faith was strong enough, do you think that I could walk on the water too? And I was like, I tell you what, sweetheart. <laughs> if Jesus commanded you to, then you could. But I don't know why it is that all of us are focusing on being able to walk on the water and do something that Jesus ain't commanded us to do. When we're not walking and standing on the word and doing the things that Jesus has commanded us to do. See, the reason that I don't care how strong your faith is, the reason that you haven't been able to walk on the water is because Jesus didn't speak into your life and tell you to walk on the water. Do you know what Jesus has commanded you to do? Jesus has commanded you to love God and love people. And if you'll stand on that word, then you'll have the power to do it. You know what Jesus has commanded you to do? Yeah, come on. Jesus has commanded you to forgive those that have harmed you. Do you know what? If you'll stand on that word that Jesus spoke over us, then you'll have the Holy Spirit power to be able to walk that road and to do those things. Jesus has commanded us to heal the sick and to cast out demons. If we'll stand on that word that Jesus spoke over us, then we'll have the power to be able to carry out that command. See, if we'll stand on the words that he has actually spoken over us, then there's nothing on this world that can stop us from going where he's called us to go and doing what he's called us to do. Can you give him praise this morning at the Way Church? So before you start trying to do something that he ain't called you to do, let's do the things that he has called you to do. Can you say amen? Let's start there and see what happens. 
I mean, let's start there. I mean, let's do that. Let's just stand on the word that he's given us. Let's stand on the word he's given us, man, because if he has spoken it over you, there ain't nothing that can stop you from accomplishing it. Nothing. If he's commanded you to do it, then he'll equip you to carry it out. If he's called on you, he'll equip you. If he has sent you to the mission, then you have everything that you need to accomplish the mission. Now, if he hasn't commanded you to do it, then why do you want to do it in the first place? Why? Why, why, you know, walking on the water was Peter's deal, man. Why do we want that? I want to do what he's got for me. I want to do what he's got for me. You should want to do what he's got for you. Man, start with doing what he's commanded you to do, and then he'll open up some new doors of opportunity, and you'll be able to do things that you never even imagined doing. Never even imagined doing. Never even. I just wanted them to let me, and and I did want to do this, I wanted them to, to let me pray at the end of service one time. I was like, man, It'd be cool if they just let me pray one time. Man, that'd be cool. And then now look what God has done, right? Look what God has done. Because if we'll just do what's right in front of us, then he'll equip us to do stuff that you couldn't even ever imagine. Man, do what he's spoken over you. Because if you live out the word that he's spoken over you, there's no demon in hell. That There's no man or woman or, or disease in the world. That there's no angel in heaven that can ever stop you from carrying out what Jesus has called you to do. Peter was standing on the word. And when he stood on the word, the things of the world had no control over him. You get it? And when he walked on the word to get towards Jesus, all the storms in the world couldn't stop him. All the waves in the world couldn't stop him. All the wind in the world couldn't hold him back as long as he was standing on that word. Can you say amen? But then we know what happened next, don't we? I mean, everybody knows what happened next. He took a few steps out there towards Jesus. As long as he was walking on that word, he was good. But then Peter took his eyes off Jesus. And when you take your eyes off Jesus and put your eyes on the things of the world, then all of a sudden your focus is off Jesus. And when your focus is off Jesus, you can't see Jesus no more. And when you can't see Jesus, you sink in the water. I've preached that 50 times and I've preached it just like that every time. He took his eyes off Jesus and he fell in the sea. And right now you can walk towards Jesus too and you'll be fine if your faith is strong and you keep your eyes on Jesus and nothing can stop you from getting to Jesus. It's terrible theology. Terrible. I've preached it 50 times and it was wrong every single time. The Bible never even said he looked at Jesus. But Jesus didn't say, my disciples will know me when they see me. He said, you'll know me when you hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. My sheep hear my voice, and they know my voice, and they come to my voice. See, it didn't have nothing to do with Peter looking at Jesus. It had nothing to do with it. When he walked out there, Peter didn't say, hey, Jesus, show us your face, and I'll know that it's you. No, 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 no. He said, command me, speak to me, tell me to come, and then I'll know it's you. And then I'll know it's you. He didn't take his eyes off Jesus. He took his focus off the word that had been spoken over his life. And when he took the focus off the word that had been spoken over his life, he sank. And that's the same thing that'll happen to you. Oh, wait, that changes this story a lot, doesn't it? Because we've gone through life thinking, well, if I could see Jesus, I could do that too. If I was there face to face with Jesus, then I could walk on water too. If I could see him in the physical, then I could just do anything that there was to do. But this changes the story. 
Because it had nothing to do with seeing Jesus. It didn't matter if he could see Jesus. What mattered is whether or not he had faith in the word that Jesus had spoken over him. And like I said before, how many words has Jesus spoken over you? How many? See, you're in the story now. You're in the story now. It's not about seeing Jesus. It's about receiving what he's spoken over you. It's about having faith. It's about believing the word that he has spoken over your life. And when you believe the word that he's spoken over your life, you can stand on that word. When you believe in the word that's been spoken over your life, you can walk on that word. And you can go to where he is. And you can get to where he is. And when you get to where he is, that's where the miracles happen. Somebody say amen. And then he does something so incredible though. I mean, this is where Peter won me over. I mean, I give him a hard time sometimes, but this is where he won me over. You know, my name is Paul, but I'm a lot more like Peter if you want to be honest about it. As he's sinking, as he's sinking, as we often do, because if we stop standing on that word, I'm going to do this, man. Some of y'all might get mad at me, but it's okay. Look, it'll be, the Bible will be okay, I promise. If I'm standing on the word of God, can't nothing stop me. Can't no demon, no storm, no nothing in this world ever stop me. But the second that I take my feet off God's word, the second that I take my focus, my faith, my heart, my soul off the word of God, then I begin to sink. And we begin to sink in a sea of sin and a sea of regret and guilt and shame and temptation, the likes of which we had never even thought was imaginable. But it happens. It happens. And so Peter begins to sink. And then he does what all of us need to do. He does what all of us need to do. He just cries out, Lord. Come on. He says, Lord. Save me. And Jesus is there. And Jesus is there. And that proves that his grace is greater than the sea of sin that we are drowning in. His grace is greater than the sea of temptation that we've been trying to be pulled into. His grace is greater than our regrets. His grace is greater than our pain. His grace is greater than our shame. His grace is greater than our sickness, our affliction, our addiction. His grace is greater than all those things put together. Can you say amen? Here's the cool part though. He walked on the very thing that Peter was drowning in to get to him. I want to know how many people in here did Jesus walk on the very thing that you were drowning in to get to you. It was the thing that used to carry you, and then it began to drown you. And Jesus walked on that very thing to get to you. I'm talking about people that came to church because they were addicted. I'm talking about people that came to church because their marriage was falling apart. I'm talking about people that came to church because their debt was crushing them. I'm talking about people that came to church to find healing from a physical ailment. I'm talking about those of us that came to know the Lord in the midst of our brokenness. And what that means is that Jesus walked on the very thing that was killing you in order to get to you and to save you and to pull you free can you say amen and he pulls Peter free and he says to him oh ye of little faith why did you doubt why did you doubt but I think this verse has been misconstrued as well do you think he was saying Peter's faith was weak Peter's faith wasn't weak Peter's faith was stronger than the storm he proved it. He proved it. Peter's faith was stronger than the storm. He, he had enough faith to overcome the storm. He was standing there on the waves and the wind. He was standing there while the lightning was flashing and the thunder was booming. He was walking out there on the word of God over the water. His faith was stronger than the storm. He didn't mean that his faith was weak. 
Do you think that Jesus was saying Peter's faith was insignificant? I don't. I don't believe that because Peter's faith was significant. He had a lot more faith than those other 11 guys that were hiding in the boat, didn't he? Didn't he? And when we hold them up as being like the pillars of our faith, man, but Peter's faith was stronger than theirs. No, 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 no. That's not what he meant. When he he said, oh, ye of little faith, he meant his faith was too short. He meant that he needed more of it. The, The Greek word there is oligos. The Greek word is oligos, and it means a short duration. It means a short duration. They used it to describe seasons or periods of time. Oligos means a short season. It means a short period of time. What he was saying to Peter is, man, your faith was strong enough to overcome the storm, but you didn't have enough endurance to outlast the storm. And maybe that's you today. Maybe your faith has been enough to overcome the storm, but it wasn't enough to outlast the storm. And so your faith in God lifted you up above the storm and you were able to fly over it. But then it let out on you before you made it out. And you went back down into the storm, not because your faith was weak, not because it was weak, but just because it didn't have enough endurance. There just wasn't enough of it. It just didn't last long enough. And I know people were like, yeah, that's me. It's happened to me before too. I just let down too quick. And what he was saying was, Peter, man, you were doing it. I mean, you were, you were, dude, you were doing it. You gave up too quick. You gave up too quick. Man, some of you in here right now, you done gave up too quick. You done gave up, man. Your faith was strong enough to overcome the storm, but it didn't have enough endurance to outlast the storm. I need you to reach down and find some more and outlast the storms that are coming in your life because you know what? It's about to be over. It's about to be over. In the grand scheme of things, them storms don't really last very long. And sometimes they seem like they last a long time. But in the grand scheme of things, it's just a drop in the Sea of Galilee. Can you say amen? Didn't last long enough. And so Jesus picks Peter up out of the water, carries him back to the ship, back to his own boat. When Jesus gets into the boat, The storm ceases. Because all that chaos can't reign in the presence of the Lord. All them storms can't rage in the presence of the Lord. Look around. You see any hysteria in here? You see anybody panicking in here? You see any craziness going on? Anybody mugging folks for hand sanitizer up in here? No. You want to know why? Because all that strife and all that chaos can't stand up in the presence of the Lord. And so when we let him into our our life, I told you that that boat is synonymous for our life a few weeks ago, right? When you welcome him into your life fully, when you get all the other stuff enough out of the way where there's room for him in your life, in your boat, man, all the storms will cease. All the storms will cease. They will But sometimes we just have to have enough faith, not just to overcome it, but also to outlast it. Because I told y'all last week, man, he ain't forgot about you. He ain't doing nothing else. It's not that he's not, not that he's too distant to touch. It's not that he's too busy to listen. It's not that he's too weak to help, man. We we serve a God that is available, accessible, and all-powerful. He just might be on the way, is all I'm saying. He just might be on the way. And the storm around them ceased. And everybody in the boat, for the first time, this is the first time in Scripture, 
bow down before him and worships him. He says, surely, come on guys, surely this man is the son of God. He's the son of God. He spoke a word. And when Peter stood on that word, nothing in the world could stop him. But when Peter failed, when Peter's faith failed him, he cried out to God's grace. Because even stronger than the wrath of God, even stronger than our faith in God, even stronger than anything on the face of this earth or in the heavens above or in all creation is the grace of the living God. There is nothing stronger. His grace is greater than, every, than the culmination of everything else on the earth. His grace is greater. You know, He's spoken a word over your life. Whether you know it or not, He's spoken a word over your life. And more than any other word that he's spoken is this. I came to seek and to save those that are lost. I came to give my life as a sacrifice for those that would believe. The Son of Man must suffer many things. But it's for you. See, let me be real clear. I know there's kids in the, in the auditorium. The sea in the story that I read, it represents everything that's going on in our life. Everything that's going on in our life. And as long as we follow Jesus, man, we can walk through that life. And it may hinder us, it may hurt us, it may slow us down, but it can't kill us. As long as we follow Jesus. But it's going to try to drag us down. It's going to try to drag us down. And then whenever we, we fall into sin, and we know sin is breaking God's laws, man, whenever we fall into sin and we start lying and cheating and stealing and doing any of that stuff, man, that's that sea of this world trying to drag us down. Trying to drag us down. And maybe you're caught in that stuff today. Maybe you stepped off the Word of God. Maybe you're being drugged down. And our sins will drown us. And, and, and that's an analogy, but what, what I mean is that our, our, our sins will take us away from God. Bible says that all we have to do is just to cry out, Lord, save me. And He will. Man, He will. And I don't care how far off the path that you've fallen, man, He'll come to you. I don't care how many sins that you've committed in your life, He'll come to you. I don't care how many few sins that you've committed in your life. He'll come to you right where you are. Right where you are. And He will save you. 
See, our sins separate us from God. And if we die in our sins, we're separated from God forever. That's just the truth. And I still preach that on a weekly basis, and I always will. But the gift of God is the forgiveness of those sins because He paid the price for them already. He used the sins that were killing us to get to us. He died on a cross and became sin so that we could be free from sin. And He did that for you. He did that for you. And He died in our place. But then on the third day, on the third day by the power of God, He walked out of that grave just like He walked on that water. Can you say amen? Amen. To prove to the rest of the world what the disciples already knew. That He was the Son of God. And He wants to save you today.